Hey, lover. Um, I know that you liked the podcast thing that I did for you, um, and I know I liked it, but I was just having trouble, like, coming up with, you know, what to say. We had kind of already talked a lot about what had happened that day, um, and I didn't have much left to tell you for the next morning when you wanted something to listen to, so I decided to proactively um, record myself when I'm, like, walking around or, you know, just doing things where it's easy to. Sorry, if this is loud, I'm walking by a vent. <laughs> but I'm, like, when I'm walking around and also, like, have something to say. So, like, I know today um, we didn't really talk that much about my work this morning. Um, so I thought, like, oh, that's something I can talk about that I haven't talked about. I just added myself. That I haven't talked about yet. So, um, yeah, and then the next time I do one, I'll probably just, like, stitch a bunch of little stories from all different times together, or maybe I'll just upload them, like, one little story at a time, so they're shorter. I don't know yet. I'm going to end up doing that. This is a short walk, so for this one, I probably will stitch, because I'm already, like, Way. Um, that was my walk, and I was just explaining what I'm doing. So, here we go. Um, you know, it is Wednesday today, so I had work this morning. Um, but I didn't have my key for my locker, which this is the second time that's happened. Um, the first time was because. Oh, I didn't have my AirPods because they were in your jacket pocket. Um, and then this time, um, my key was in the last time. So, um, the first time it happened, though, Dominique told me to do a reaction that I had done a bunch of times before. Um, and, like, I took a picture of, like, a previous, like, so I have to write it down in my little notebook every single time I do it. Because, you know, it comes out with, like, different yields and stuff. And we have to label the products, like, what day, what page number it is and everything. So, I had, like, taken a picture of a procedure to rewrite it on a new page and not have to, like, pull back and forth a bunch of times. Um, but, the one that I did this morning, I had only done once before. So I didn't have a picture of it, but I felt like really embarrassed that I didn't have my key. Um, so I was trying to figure out like what, because uh, everything we do is from patents, like that are online for free, right? So I I did not know what the product or the, what the reactant was called, like what, like, I knew what it looked like, but I didn't know its name, and I couldn't name it because I just, it was too complicated, it ended up being called, um, 
glyoxylbihydrazone, which I never would have ever gotten to on my own. Um, but, so I'm like, I know it's a reaction with that and manganese oxide. And so I'm like desperately looking online because I can kind of remember the procedure, but like, um, it, you know, like the amounts change depending on how much reactor I start with and I have to do math and I can't really remember what the amounts were last time anyways. So I need to find the procedure. Um, and I was like really embarrassed. So I was like frantically for like, probably like 35 to 40 minutes, like just Googling, like trying to find the procedure and like looking in like chemical molecule namers to like figure out what the molecule is called, um, which were not helpful at all. Um, and so finally I texted Dominique and I was like, I don't have the procedure for this reaction. Um, and she, it took like two seconds for her to just pull it up on the computer. And I felt so like silly that I didn't just ask in the beginning that I didn't have it. Um, yeah, but then I did that reaction. It was like a relatively strange one because it didn't involve any heating or reflux, which is mostly what I do, which is a lot of waiting. This time it was just stirring at room temp. So I had to like, it was, that's my actual bite. Hold on, it might get loud again for a second. Okay. It was that glyoxylide hydrazone diacrylate by I don't remember if it's by or It doesn't really matter. Two. Uh, and acetonitrile stirred together, and then you had to add three portions of manganese oxide. The first one is bigger than the second tail. And the first one, you add over a 10-minute time period, and you stir for 40 minutes. Then you add the next one all at once, and you stir for 20 minutes. Then you add the next one all at once, and you stir overnight. And so it was, like, pretty quick, pretty easy, because I was supposed to be, like, doing um, the measuring out of, like, the 2 milligram stuff today. Um, but I ended up doing that instead, and since it took me so long to find the procedure, I didn't end up having to do any of the uh, measuring out um, because Dominique didn't really know what she was going to do that day in the lab. Didn't really have anything to do, so she ended up doing measuring, and so I was just kind of waiting. I like cleaned out the hood for her, like with acetone, like really cleaned it. Um, and I, what else did I do? Oh, I cleaned off like her workbench, organized, like cleaned out all of the business, like miscellaneous speakers and graduated donors and stuff that were in the hood. Um, oh, anything else? Oh, like filled up her like, there's like, we have like acetone and water, like squeeze bottles that you would use in a lab. Um, like, you know class but you know you know what I mean <laughs> so I filled those up um you know just doing like a little busy work I ran some like 
waste containers that had been in the HUD for a while. Um, so it was probably one of my favorite days in lab because I didn't end up having to do the measuring, which is very tedious, makes my neck hurt because I'm looking down the whole time. Um, I got to just like clean and organize, which was nice, just mindless work. And I was doing it like out of the kindness of my heart. And not because she had asked me to, which felt nicer also. Um, so, yeah, and then I finished my reaction. Well, like, I got to like the stir overnight part. Around 12.15, and then Dominique was still like measuring things out. So I just like sat at the bench until like, 1250, 1255, whenever I left. Um, and I just like looked, I've thought more, like, recalled more of my orgo exam that I had just taken last night. Um, and like thought through like how I solved them and tried to find the action mechanisms, which was a fruitless effort, but I tried. So yeah, it was overall like probably one of my favorite days working in that lab. Pretty fun. So that's my story for uh for right now. I just arrived at my dorm. So uh that's it and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey, so um I haven't done this in a good second, two weeks now I think. Um and I'm very depressed today. Um, so I am going to record a little podcast and clean my room. So it might get a little loud. Actually, maybe I'll put my AirPods in. Mm, I think that will limit, uh, literally ruin the sound quality though. And I know it's like a big pet peeve of yours. So I don't think I will. I think I'll just get a little loud sometimes. Um, the issue with this is, um, I'm just realizing now I did not plan anything to talk about, so, um, I think I'm gonna, well, I don't know, For, well, okay, so right now we're watching the last season of Shira together, we only have two episodes left. You're hanging out with Kirsten right now. I am at home. Uh, just chilling. Gonna clean my dorm, I think. Because I don't really have anything else to do. And so I thought maybe I would tell you a little bit about, you know, some of the background about the characters that you see. And know nothing about because you didn't watch any of the rest of the show. And maybe this will inspire you to watch the rest of the show with me. Because I watched it again. Obviously watched it uh, quite a few times um so starting off you know we know the first person we see is Adora and she is just training in the fright zone um she is she has this funny little poster um up on a punching bag of Angela Glimmer's mom and she's like saying like, 
oh, you evil princess, like, I'm going to kill you. I got, well, she doesn't say I'm going to kill you, but, you know, that's the message. She's like, you know, roar, evil princess, roar. Um, and then she gets voice, uh, or, like, Scorpia, like, they must have, like, an intercom, um, system in the fright zone, because you hear Scorpia patch over, and she's, like, I don't know if she says Adora specifically, or maybe just, like, all cadets, which is what her, um, like, title is right now, um, to, she calls all cadets to report to, uh, the training session first, or the training room for, like, um, evaluation, so, they have a training exercise, Katra is on Adora's, like, squadron, but she is running late, she's not there for whatever reason, um, you know, because she's Katra, she's just gonna do what she wants, um, and, so, Kyle dies first, Kyle is the, like, blonde one, and Rahali was the lizard, and Lonnie is, like, the other, the girl, the other girl, um, and, sorry, um, Oh, there's the dustpan. Um. Oh, yeah. Kyle dies first because he's Kyle, you know? That's just very in character for him. Um, and then I think maybe... I don't know. I remember exactly what happens to Lonnie and Rogelio, but basically, like... I think it's just Adora in the end who can still, like, is fighting. And, you know, I feel like I should preface this with Kyle doesn't actually die. Um, It's, like, it's just a training exercise. So, like, they just are, like, not allowed to participate in it anymore because they, like, would have died in real combat. But it's obviously just training. So he's not actually dead. Um, But, like, Katra swoops in and... Saves the day, rescues Adora because she fell in a hole or something. Um, and then Shadow Weaver calls Adora and she's like, I want you to be my force captain, which is basically just like a squadron leader instead of just being like a member of the squadron like Adora is right now. Um, and so Adora's like, uh, yes, obviously I want to do that. I've been working for this my whole life. Um, Shadow Weaver's like, this is what you've wanted as long as you've wanted. As long as you've known what wanting is. And so, Kat, I mean, Adora's like, I mean, yeah, of course. So, she goes to Katra, and she's like, oh my gosh, Katra. Or no, Katra sees, so there's this little, like, forest captain badge that she gets. And Katra sees this badge that Adora's got, and she's like, Oh my gosh, Adora, are you force captain? And Adora's like, yeah, yeah, I got promoted. Um, but the the little trouble with this is that normally when one member of a squadron is like promoted, that means that their whole squadron will like 
get to go and like fight in the actual like war and not just do training and you know like be in boot camp basically because they were raised there since they were kids and they weren't having child soldiers so um but the thing is that shadow weaver uh doesn't think that the rest of adora's team is ready she only thinks adora is ready so Katra gets really upset because she's like we are supposed to travel the world together and now you're just stitching me and adora's like i thought you didn't care i thought you didn't want this like she's like maybe if you were like actually motivated and worked to achieve anything in this fright zone like you actually would have also been promoted with me um and that makes Katra pretty upset understandably um but Adora's like well we can go see the world still because look at what I got the keys to like a little like they call it a skiff it's basically like a hover thing boat car thing <laughs> it's just like it just is a transportation vehicle basically is all you need to know so um they're on this skiff and adora well they're fighting over who gets to drive it um and then they crash and when they crash adora gets thrown off of the skiff and this is when she sees the sword Shira's sword, um, and she's like, whoa, what is that? Um, and then Katra finds her, and she's like, Katra, do you see that sword? But when she turns around, the sword is gone. And so she goes back to the Fright Zone, but she's kind of, like, plagued by this sword and what this could mean that it showed itself only to her and not to Katra and you know just it's kind of like what is going on right now like oh god that scared me um what what's happening basically is her little dilemma and so she goes back out um and then we get to see Glimmer and Glimmer um was out on the outskirts, like, her mother stationed her there because, um, basically the town was, like, too remote and, like, not important enough for the horde to attack them, or so they thought. So, um, so... Glimmer was stationed there because her mom didn't really think she was ready for combat yet. But then the town got attacked and Glimmer tried to like protect them, but she was given orders to retreat uh, and she did not listen to these orders to retreat and her mom was like, what's wrong with you? You could have gotten everybody killed. And... Um... Glimmer's like, I was just trying to 
protect this town um, if the horde has, you know, gets control of all of our towns, we will have nothing left to defend, which, fair point. Um, this is true, but I don't think that defending the queen, who is your mother, is the way to go about doing that. Um, and so Glimmer gets grounded, because, you know, with her mom. And it's quite a fun little way that they introduce that whole dynamic between Glimmer and her mom, and the fact that she's a commander and a princess, and, you know, has some powers. Um, but Glimmer's upset because she's like, I think I was doing the right thing. I don't understand why she thinks I'm like useless and incapable of doing anything because I'm just a princess. And Bo's like, oh. And then we see Bo, he like shoots an arrow at her and it's all like, oh my god, Glimmer's getting shot at. But then we realize uh, that it's actually uh, Glimmer's friend and he's outside her window, which is on the second floor, but he wants to chat um, and she's like, I can't talk right now, I am grounded. Um, like, you can't be here. And he's like, what, 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 what? He, like, couldn't hear her because he was on the second, or the first floor, and she was on the second. Um, so she, like, teleports down and teleports him back up, and she's like, oh, I'm grounded. My mom, like, thinks I'm capable of nothing because I'm a princess. And Bo's like, well, that's ridiculous um, because everybody here is a princess, basically. So I'm, like, the only one who's not. Um, so we just know that's not true. That's not the reason why she's not letting you do anything. Uh, because then she wouldn't be letting anybody do anything. Um, so, then we go, oh, then Bo's like, I have this, like, signal on my tracker pad. Um, like, I'm getting, like, a big signal for some first ones tech. Um, in the Whispering Woods. And Glimmer's like, oh, we need to go track this down. Like, this is what will, like, redeem me to my mom, basically. And Adora is also going after this piece of first one sex because, surprise, it's the sword of Shira. Um... And I can't remember exactly how she knows how to use it, but she does. She picks, maybe she picks it up and she doesn't have to say anything and she just transforms. But she, like, fights over the sword because she's like, I found it first. What are you guys doing? Like, this is mine. And they're like, uh, no, uh, you're a horde soldier. You're a bad guy. This is ours. Um, and it's like this little scuffle, um, and eventually, uh, Dora and Bo, I mean, not Dora and Bo, Glimmer and Bo, hold on one second, capture Adora, and they're like, we're taking it as prisoner, um, like, this will prove to my mom that I can do stuff, and then, at some point during this conversation, uh, Dora turns into Shira because Glimmer is like, oh, I'll take you back to my mom and, and you gotta show her, like, 
what you are. Like, you're Shira. That's a big deal. Um, you're like this magical princess who can like, who's supposed to like save us from doom and Shira's got legends, basically. Um, and so Adora's like, I mean, okay, like. I'm your prisoner, so I guess I'll do what you say. Um, I don't really feel like I have much of a choice in the matter. Um, and so they take her back, and she gets to stay in this room with, like, a bed, and she's like, what the hell is going on? Like, what is all this stuff? And she, like, eats real food, and she's like, what is this? Um, because they only have ration bars in the horde, and... Um, basically, it's just, like, life is much better, um, on this side of things. And then, basically what happens is, um, Adora can't figure out how to turn back into Shira, um, and... She, like, escapes from her prison cell, which I'm putting up air quotes. That is, it is literally just a bedroom. Um, and, like, goes out, which she, obviously she's not supposed to do because she is dressed as a horde soldier, um, which is a very recognizable outfit, as you know. Um, and, oh, um, she gets, like, discovered by the townspeople, and right as, like, Glimmer is trying to bring her mom to come see Adora to see that, like, she brought this, like, mythical goddess who, like, has the power to transform and save them all, um, like, one of, um, Angela's, like, security people burst in as, like, there's a horde soldier on the grounds. Um, and Angela kind of looks at Glimmer and she's like, what did you do? <laughs> um, and so basically, Adora transforms into Shira because she's getting like attacked or something. And Angela's like, okay, uh, this is the real deal. This is Shira. How do we know you're a good guy though? Because you are a horde soldier. Um, and I don't really know exactly what goes on from there, but somehow Adora proves that she's trustworthy. She's like, I didn't, like, basically, she's like, I don't understand what the board was doing. Like, they don't really tell us everything that's going on. We're just, like, children, basically, that they just captured and raised in their little child army. Um, and so she gets, like, a free pass because, you know, she's Shira. Um, and now she's on the side of the good. And so the next time we see Catra, I'm, I'm very sure I'm skipping around right now because I don't remember the order of everything. And I'm just going to tell you the parts of the Dora and Catra probably mainly so we can, you know, explain their story a little better. You can understand.
everything about them. But the next time we see Catra um, is when the Horde is um, trying to attack what it was, what was like told to these Horde soldiers is a rebel fortress, but in truth is just a town, just a town on Etheria. Um, of like innocent townspeople, and so, um, Glimmer and Bo are going to Feymore for some reason. Maybe the Horde is already attacking, and so they're like, "Oh well, we have Shira, so let's you know, bring her, have her do her thing, and help these people out." Um, but they don't tell her where she's going. And so at one point they're like, I think they're like, why would the Horde attack Thaymore? And she's like, this is Thaymore? Like, no way, this is supposed to be Rebel Fortress. And they're like, did you know the Horde was coming to attack? Um, and she did because she, when she was made Force Captain, Shadow Weaver was like, I'd like you to read, lead the invasion of the Rebel Fortress of Thaymore. And so we know that Adora was supposed to be attacking this place, but now she knows it's just a town of innocent people and she's like having all this cognitive dissonance because everything she was raised on that the Horde is like this really good place, like trying to save Etheria from these evil princesses is wrong. And so who do we see leading this invasion? Um, on Thaymore, but Catra. And so Adora's like, you know, goody two shoes, has to do what's right. Um, very strong morals. And Catra is not so much that. She's like, Adora, you abandoned me. What are you doing here? Like, come back to the horde. What's wrong with you? And Kat, uh, and wait, I think I might have said Adora was saying all that, but that was actually Catra, um, obviously. And Adora is like, uh, no, the Horde is doing really bad things. Shadow Weaver manipulated us our entire childhood. Um, the princesses are actually the good side. And Catra's like, uh, you just realized that Shadow Weaver was manipulating us? Like, you just realized that not everything they told us was true? Like, how stupid are you? And Adora's like, how could you support these people who are doing these terrible things? Um, and she's like, I don't know that she really gives us an answer, but basically she has no issues being on the Horde's side. She knew that they were being manipulated, but Adora was like, Shadow Weaver's like, right-hand kid. <laughs> um, and so she was kind of just blinded by believing that she was doing the right thing because that's what she was told and she was just trusting, you know, the adults who raised her when <sighs> the adults who raised them weren't quite as nice to Katra. And so she maybe didn't have as much of a reason to just blindly trust them, um which is how she kind of figured out 
much earlier on than Adora that they were being manipulated, you know, most of their childhood. Um, but Katra is basically like, hell no, I'm not coming with you. Um, this is our home. This is our friends. Um, and yeah, so trouble in paradise, man. Um, I think the next time we see Katra, it's not until, um, Adora has discovered Light Hope, and I'm not sure what you know about Light Hope, so I'm just going to talk about her, like, you know, everything about her, maybe. Maybe not everything, but a lot of things, but I um, will tell you that she's, like, she was, like, Uh, like a teacher, she's supposed to like teach her how to use her powers, basically. And so <clears throat> she lives in this temple, <coughs> um, and um, it's like magical. Obviously, most things here are magic. So. and Adora in there together because Katra was going after some big first one's text signal, I think, or maybe she was going after Adora. I'm not sure exactly how she ended up in there, but she was in there, um, and so was Adora, and it traps them in there and, like, replays a bunch of their childhood memories of them like being best friends and them fighting and fighting together fighting each other um basically just a lot of like reminiscing like looking back on all of their time growing up together it was like a very cute episode for what you know it was like because ultimately it was them, like, fighting each other. They were tr just trying to get out of the temple. Um, and Katra was, like, not trusting Adora to help her at all. And it was a whole big thing. Um, but basically, after this, Katra is just fully on the side of the Horde. Um, at one point, the rebels lead an invasion into the Fright Zone, and... Um, they think a trap Entrapta dies in the invasion, and so they leave her behind, and Katra convinces Entrapta that, um, they left her behind on purpose, um, and so Katra, um, convinces Entrapta to, like, work for the Horde, and it's a whole big thing, she becomes friends with Scorpia, and I know you saw some of these in, um, in, a, in a little bit when I was watching it, so I won't tell you everything, because I'm hoping that you'll watch it with me. Um, I was pretty sure, I mean, we started the first season, I think, yesterday or two days ago, and we're already going to finish it today, so... It's a good one. I like it a lot. Um, but I'm gonna, yeah, stop explaining because I'm just gonna give you too many spoilers. Um, 
But yeah, basically that is the gist of that. Um, I'm going to take a pause now because I have to pee. And also I got a starship and I have to go get it. So, um, BRB maybe. Maybe this will be the end. I love you. Okay, so I am back. Oh, dang, I forgot my Starbucks. Not forgot to get it. Just forgot it in the other room. Um, you'd think this is gross, but <laughs> um, I'm a pretty gross person. One second, this is going to be loud. Okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought one more. Organize the drawers in my bathroom because just looking at them was making me want to die a little bit. So figure that would be a good um, use of my time when I don't have much else going on. Um. Oh, it will if I turn off. It will keep recording. Okay, so um, you asked. While I was, um, attending to my needs, <laughs> um, you asked, I asked, well, oh my gosh, let me try that one more time. I asked you if there was anything that you might be interested in me, um, talking about, and this little podcast here, and you said that you would be interested in maybe hearing about some, Shira head cannons. And first of all, I just have to say that that, hearing that meant a lot to me, um, because, uh, I just, appreciate that you're like taking active interest in something that you know means a lot to me um I think it's really sweet so yeah I think that's really nice um and then also um I think I'm gonna do a face mask while I do this because you told me to so I will. <sighs> um, I think I have to do a peel-off one, though, because I don't think I can look down while I'm... Okay, I won't do a peel-off one, but I'll do, uh, like, one that's... not like a sheet mask because I can't look down that much while wearing a sheet mask. So here we go. It's mask time. And oh, what was I saying? Right. Um, it just means a lot to me that you're like taking active interest in something that you know means a lot to me that um, 
that I clearly have an obsession with right now, and I really hope that you will actually um, watch the whole thing with me eventually, maybe right now, because I'm extremely obsessed with it right now. Um, but if you don't, that's cool too. I appreciate that you're even doing this much for me, so. Oh, cold. It is so freaking cold. Cheesy. Okay. Cold, 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 cold. Gosh. This is like unbearable. <laughs> Okay, I've realized now that this might make it a little hard for me to talk, so. Kindly ignore if I get a little bit of a lisp during this while I talk to you about some shooter head cannons. Um, so first I would like to say that the shooter of Shira is pretty active on Twitter, um, and so she has a lot of really good headcanons that, you know, aren't quite so headcanon-y because they are, you know, straight from her. So they're, you know, as confirmed as a headcanon can get, basically. Um, and... So this first one that I'd like to tell you about is that Catra is obviously a cat, um, and she used all of her nine lives um, in the course of the show. Um, and so now I'm going to walk through some of them with you. Um, so the first one is when we see Catra at the princess prom, which I've told you about, gets a little gay there. Um, but then, after it gets a little gay, Adara and Katra fight, and Katra basically drops Adora's hand and falls to, into the clouds, assume, like, nothingness, basically, just falls from a cliff, and, um, you know, doesn't die because they don't die if they're main characters. Well, no, that's not true. Sometimes they do, but she doesn't die because she's a cat, so that's her first life. Uh, the next one is when I talked to you about them being in the First One's Temple, and, and they're going through all those childhood memories. She gets attacked and um, pretty brutally um, attacked by a spider. Um, next is... Uh, oh, she gets suffocated by Hordak. He, uh, he, uh, there's no other way to say that. He just literally suffocates her. Um, then Glimmer opens the portal and she dies in that episode two separate times. Or not, maybe not in that exact, maybe it's not just in one episode, but in that string of events. She dies two times. Um, so that is, her kill count is up to five. Um, next, she gets, like, electrocuted and crushed by Glimmer. Another life. Next, 
she gets like very very injured and supposedly uses the life when she is fighting Hordak um, at the end of season four. Next, uh, she uses a life when she uh, saves Glimmer and turns into one of Horde Prime's clones. And her last life that she uses uh, and that you've seen is when she falls off of the cliff-ish thing um, when Adora is trying to rescue her from the Horde Prime's ship. And <laughs> she's actually included this little bit after the headcanon that says, Scorpia in Princess Prom after the cliff scene holding Catra's body and weeping. Catra, speak to me. And Catra sits up and is like, that's going to freak Adora out. Um, so that's a fun one. Um... Another fun headcanon, um, let's see, oh, is, I can't believe I haven't talked about this one yet, I guess I've only talked about one, but a really, really very large one, I think it's confirmed, as confirmed as it gets by Noelle Stevenson, the writer of Shira, um, is that Katra and Adora have a kid, uh, biologically uh i think um that is non-binary and named Finn. and so there's a lot of really cute head cannons um for that kid um yeah it's got like lots of comics where it's like got blonde hair and the cat tail and ears and um it is from Noelle she's given oh she's given us that drawing which is why we know what they look like um and another thing that we've gotten confirmed from Noelle Stevenson is that Catra and Adora's Hogwarts houses. Um, and it is that Adora is a Slytherin trying to be a Gryffindor, and Catra is a Hufflepuff trying to be a Slytherin, but like a mean Hufflepuff. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What else? Um, 
She's released the original draft of the script of the final episode, but... Well, I'm going to say that you're probably not going to watch this till after tonight. Or listen to this till after tonight when we watch the final episodes. I'll tell you about it. Um, and it is that after... Um, Adora and Catra kiss and they blaze rainbow and um, everything like that happens. Um, Shira is like, like, so Catra kisses Adora, right? And then when she's done, they're done kissing, it's uh, Shira. And she just goes, wow. <laughs> then Catra goes, don't ruin it. Which I think is very cute. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Oh, there's a headcanon that catch or not catcher, Kyle and Rahelio um are dating Scorpio gosh. Blech. Scorpia um tells us at some point that Kyle has a crush on Rahelio and then later or maybe not later, but somewhere in the show there is a scene where you see Rahelio's locker and he has a picture of Kyle in it. So that's cute. Um, some more headcanons directly from Noelle. Um, is that Catra's favorite number is uh, five sixes in a row. Um, Adora is slightly older than Catra. Catra is um, a brat in bed. Um, Noelle has actually written fan fiction of a deleted scene from season five, which I read, but I don't really remember very much about. Um, Katra's last name is Meow Meow because uh, they were children and they got to name themselves. Um, I don't know a ton of fed cannons, just because like, well I guess I can go through all the ships if you want, there's like 
Scorpuma, which is Scorpia and Perfuma, Mermista and Seahawk, Catherine Adora, obviously, Glimmer and Bow, um, Entrapta and Hordak, but, like, there's not very many headcanons, just because, like, everything that we wanted out of it, we got, or was implied. Um... Like, like I would say if it wasn't, like, if it didn't happen, if it was Endgame, Catra and Adora would probably be a pretty big thing, but it is Endgame. So, it just, like, gives you what you want. Um... Like, I think a really funny scene you should watch is the princess prom dancing scene because it is so gay and it is literally in the first season. Like, they were writing it from the start, man. Um, yeah, I don't really know a ton, ton of headcanons, so I think that's where I'm going to end this for now. If I think of any more, I'll pop back on. But, yeah, I love you. I hope you enjoyed this little segment. Uh, goodbye. Hey, Chica. Um, uh, oh, right. I am recording this um, to talk about my favorite Disney movie slash movies. And... Um, and why, and maybe also some fanfics. Um, so yeah, my, I'll start with the easy one, which is Disney movies, uh, because I keep a lot of fanfics, um, in my bookmarks, and I need a second to pull up the good ones. <laughs> um, Right now I'm re- I'm cleaning my bathroom, um, reorganizing a little bit. I've not showered or done my hair yet for tomorrow. I've been watching She-Ra while I do it. Um, just started it over again because it's just giving me that much serotonin right now that I could just watch it over and over again, so might as well. That's a fact. If that's the only thing that's going to give me serotonin, I guess I'll take it in whatever form I can get it. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm sweating. It's really freaking hot in here. But I was freezing before because I was walking around in underwear and a t-shirt, which was a little silly. But I did not want to put any clothes on because I would just feel myself. And now I put sweatpants on and also I'm sweating. So... That's an update on my life right now. Hope you enjoyed it. Now on to Disney movies. So my favorite Disney movie um, right now is probably an, um, I'm gonna say has been for a long time, Mulan. Um, could I tell you why? No, probably not. It's got a very good sequel. Um, I love 
the little dragon guy, Mushu, Mushi, whatever his name is, I can't remember in this moment. Um, I love Mulan. I think I was very into the, like, well, you know, I'm a lesbian, so probably something about that <laughs> made me like that movie. Um, <laughs> what else? Frozen, too, I like a lot, probably for the same reasons in that I'm a lesbian. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably the reason why I like a lot of the things that I do, so like boobs. That's a big one. Um, I like boobs because I'm a lesbian. What else do I like? Maybe because I'm a lesbian, maybe not. <laughs> uh, I like The Little Mermaid. Um, I like Pocahontas. I don't think you've seen that one, but it's a top tier one. Um, I like, I don't know, what freaking Disney movies are there? I like Frozen 1 too. Um, Oh, I guess not princess. That could also be an option. Uh, I'm gonna need to pull up like a list or something because, oops. Um, I don't really know what, what all Disney's got going on these days. So let's find out together, I guess, Disney. Did you see Olivia Rodrigo did a thing, a music thing on here, on Disney Plus? That's, that happened. She premiered it today, apparently, so that's cool for her. Um, I like uh, Ice Age. I like most, if not all of them, have not, I don't know if I've seen all of them, so I'm not going to say that I like all of them, but those those are pretty good movies um, oh. <sighs> I like Encanto that's probably uh, one of my faves in this moment because the music it's pretty good. Um, hmm. Why is this a terrible listing of Disney movies? I like Coco. I think I've only seen it once and I was 
wasted, but maybe I've seen it twice. I don't really know, but I did like it. Um, The Fault in Our Stars is on Disney+, Plus, which I'm just learning in this moment. I like that. Read the book, uh, Cried My Eyes Out. Like, literally was sobbing at, like, four in the morning, like, uncontrollably in my bed because of the ending. I'm not sure, you know, all that, so I won't spoil it for you, but it's pretty freaking sad. Um, uh, controversial opinion, I hate Avatar. I think it's probably just one of those, like, everybody likes it. But I don't even think I really knew everybody liked it when I decided to hate it. I, my my dad liked it a lot, so that that actually might be it. <laughs> but I freaking hate that movie, and I haven't seen it in a very very long time, so maybe it's good. Um, and I'm just letting childhood distort it for me. But I would love it happen because <laughs> um, I don't ever want to put myself through watching it again. It's like interstellar for me like everybody likes interstellar well maybe not everybody but i hate it i think it's boring and stupid and long um some fan fictions that i like well obviously a lot of these are going to be dreary so let me go to my catradora tab because of course i have my fan fictions the ones that I remember to save, so probably the ones that I like a little bit more. Um, organized in folders in my Google Chrome bookmarks. I only have six Catradora ones saved, and then I don't think I have any open right now. No, just a Wolf Star. Avatar The Last Airbender, and maybe a, uh, oh, uh, I do have a catcher door, but I just looked it up. It's the one that Noel Stevenson wrote. So, let's see what, what these are all about, if I liked any of them. Okay, so this one is a one-shot, which don't really love one-shots. It's also smut. So, honestly, it was probably literally just the first Shira fanfiction fan I found. And I probably just saved it because of that, but it's about Catra and Adore dating. And it's written from Catra's perspective, um, which I like Catra's perspective a lot. I like Catra a lot. Uh, another one-shot. Are these all going to be one-shots? No, this one literally says chapter two. Oh, something that I like that not a lot of people do is... I like texting fanfiction. I like phone swaps. It's very cheesy, but I can't get enough of it. Um, so I have a, a phone swap in here. Um, I have one. Oh, this is a very good one. Um, 
Adora is a single parent, and Katra lives like across, like they live in like a in like an apartment building, and Katra lives like across the way, so they can see like at their balconies and. Catra's like a one night stand having loud music playing lesbian and Adora's got a kid and she's like, what the fuck is up with you? But they end up dating. It's an enemies to lovers. Very cute. Um, this is another one shot, but it's 10,000 words. So it's probably pretty good. Um, a lot of these were like like, I got into She-Ra right as the last season was coming out on Netflix. So then a lot of these fan fictions that I have saved um, are, like, from people writing it, like, right after they finished watching it. And were like, oh my god, Catradora is canon. Let me write a one-shot about their relationship. Because I can't commit to something long-term right now. Yeah. So, there's that. Um, another one shot, 16,000, and it's Taylor Swift themed also, so that's probably pretty good, right up my alley. I think I probably read this one this summer, maybe, or over winter break, because I remember talking about it to you. Um... So those are all of the Catradora fanfictions I have saved on my phone. Um, and one second, because I'm about to hit myself. Oh, but so that's all the um, Catradora fanfictions I have saved on my phone. Probably soon I'll like look up some more, see if there's anything new and good that's been written. But most of my favorites will probably be in Wolfstar or Drary. Um, most in Wolfstar, probably. Um, there's a texting one. Sweater Weather. That's probably one of my favorite fan fictions. I have that one on my phone still. And Blends. Is it? That's a coffee shop I use. Sweater Weather is like that. Co- uh, not coffee. Hockey. One that I talk about sometimes. Um, I really like um, they have like Wolf Star. Raising Harry, I use. I'm I'm a big fan of those. Um, when I started reading fan fiction, when I started reading fan fiction, I started with Drury, and one of my favorite tropes. Probably, I would still like it, um, but I haven't read one in a very long time. Um, was soulmate marks? So like, you're like born with like the same, like, tattoo or, like, set of words or, like, it's the first words your soulmate says to you or, you know, something like that. Um, so I've got a lot of those in the beginning of, like, my 
dreary bookmarks, um, and I was very much a fan of those. I can remember reading them. Um, I've talked about this before, but, like, the Advent fix, so, like, one chapter for every day leading up to Christmas and on Christmas in December, um, and they're always, like, very Christmassy, so those are cute to read around the holidays, um, a lot, my favorite, my two favorite, like, dreary, like, overarching, like, theme stories, kind of, you have to go with something like this, um, is either starting around, like, fourth-ish year, and they realize that they're, like, or even, no, I won't say fourth year because that's really young, but I like eighth year fix specifically, like, when they're at school. So, like, eighth year is, like, a, a select amount of kids from um, that class returns to Hogwarts to finish their education because, you know, that last year kind of wasn't really anything, uh, and they start a relationship then, or, hold on, <coughs> I like ones where they were married and divorced, and now they're starting a relationship. Those are my two probably favorite, uh, kind of overarching themes. I like Harry and Draco in Hogwarts working together and starting a relationship. Like when Harry's a professor, I like that a lot. Um, yeah, those are probably some of my favorite dry picks. There's a whole bunch. So, and I'm no, you're not gonna read them, so I'm not gonna get into like the specifics of like what they're called and everything like that. But those are some of my favorite fanfics for Dreary. Probably my favorite. If I could pick a Catchador story that I would want to read, it would be like probably something starting like right after the war and going up to like I don't know, just going for. I would like to read something in canon. And a lot of Cachadora is not, I would say. It's it's a lot of AUs. Um, but I would like to read something in canon, writing their relationship. Maybe with an epilogue where they're married. I think that would be really sweet to read. Um, I'm not a very angsty person, which is why I like Shira so much. Because um, it's very much escapist. It's very happy. The gay people get together. It's just very affirming. Um... <laughs> It was, it did a lot for me as a little child. And by a little child, I mean, uh, in winter break after my freshman year, freshman fall semester. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that. Uh, I think you will be coming here soon-ish. It's 9.50 p.m. So I am going to probably hop in the shower and do my hair for tomorrow. So, I think that's going to be it for this very uh, all-over-the-place, sporadic kind of 
unorganized podcast. Quite a few things, a story at the beginning from quite a while ago. Just jump in all over the place. Talking about a lot of things, but hopefully uh, you can follow it. Hopefully you like it. Gives you something to listen to at some point in your life when you need something to listen to. And I love you a lot. And I will see you soon. Bye, baby.